It's no secret that since the death of George Floyd, there has been an explosion in the diversity training industry where companies and organizations have invested billions to ultimately uh, address some of the DEI issues that reside not only in our culture, but uh, potentially within their companies. So Joyce and I, we jump into this conversation today and we take a little bit different tack based on experiences that we had both at Hannaford and at Food Lion. Uh, essentially, interventions that we felt made a big difference, uh, made our business case why this conversation is important, and ultimately led not only to actions the organization took, but also behavior changes within our uh, associate population. So come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joyce. <laughs> oh, We're laughing because this is our second take and we called each other our, by our formal names and we just couldn't stop laughing. So, oh boy. <laughs> we, yeah, so here we are. Um, so I had a phone call from our former CEO we both worked for, which was Hugh Farrington from Hannaford. Yay. And he is... Um, one of those CEOs who allowed us to, I'd hate that word allow, but it's true, uh, was aligned with what organizational development work does. And someone had called him because we're at the sage stage where people call to say <laughs> what we did um, with a letter that he had sent out to the board, putting me in charge of diversity uh, for Hannaford. And, oh, there's a funny story about that, but it was in 1990. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, we've talked about the kind of work that we did with, that was ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, I would say our, our work around diversity um, was, was pretty ahead of its time for sure. And our approach was also because it was absolutely about using the benefits that you get from high tolerance for differences. It wasn't an EE, it wasn't like an affirmative action thing. It wasn't like an EEOC report uh, because one of the very first things there are two things that, and we spread this throughout the organization, but I'm going to share these, Bob, just because it shows where we started. One was to have people get in threes or fours and say, where, here's, where are you different? And what, where, where are you different and you like it? You're proud of it. You love it. You stand out with this difference. And where are you different and you, um, feel less good about it, or you feel one down. Now, we tried to avoid doing one down, one up in that in the opening. Another was to, uh, and remember we used to write on the walls like crazy, was to list all the differences that are in the room. Yes, yep. And the one that was highly sensitive was age. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it was age, it was education, 
ability to make people laugh. Um, you know, every, every it, it filled the wall with hundreds of differences. And that in itself, because we, you know, everybody had their marker to write on the walls because we ran a daycare. That was our approach to OD. And they <laughs> just filled the wall. And, yeah. and then, you know, as a visual, we started by saying, look at this wonderful pot of goodies of different skills and orientations that are ours to use in support of a business that's good for all of us. We always yeah. came back to, you know, the good of the business. And then throughout the day, last sentence on this, we would have people get into, like if there was a group that said boating, like sailboats, then that sailboat group would get together or cooking. And it was uh, different groupings yeah. of differences in people that showed the richness done <laughs> why well, one of the, uh, i'd like to give some context for why we're having this conversation today and that was uh -huh. <laughs> uh, the article in the new york times uh it was an op-ed uh and it's uh the title of it was what if diversity training are doing what if diversity training are doing more harm than good and i read it uh and I, I left being struck because I thought a lot of the things that we did actually were very beneficial for the organization. And uh, if I were to demarcate a couple of things that we did was nothing that you talked about in terms of what we engaged our associates in was somehow looking back at the history of discrimination and prejudice in this country in a way, as this author says, can create not only some shame, which isn't uh, a very positive uh, outcome, but also some resistance. Uh, like, I didn't cause that. I wasn't around during the Civil War. Uh, and, yeah. you know, so so I don't own it. So if I think about what demarcated us in so many respects is one that we brought in a partner uh, early in the game so that we could kind of learn from others. Dennis DeRoss. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, too, uh, we we literally looked at the organization and asked the questions that you just described so well about where we feel differences or see differences or blind to differences. It wasn't kind of like, here's how we got here. So it was more centric on where we as an organization wanted to go uh, in, in areas of uh, being a more open diverse uh, organization. Yes, and, and didn't make a fake business case. No, no, I mean, it was clear. I mean, we're in the business of selling groceries and at least at that point in time, uh, more than three quarters of our uh, customers were females. And so while we did better than I think the industry, uh, we weren't even uh, close to that 75%. Uh, yeah, so we saw that I, as an opportunity. Yeah, and um, even that op-ed you mentioned is focused on race. Yes. Race doesn't equal diversity. A.O. Wilson, who writes about ants, <laughs> and I say read him, anybody, or could be, yeah, I think it's E.O., I don't know, studied ants, <laughs> and 
That, they're the perfect model for all diversity. But anyhow, I, I used to have to do affirmative action plans for yeah. uh, another company I worked with. I just, what I'm wanting to encourage is the businesses need differences. Yeah. We need to nourish and honor differences. We need to enrich our work pool by honoring differences um, and creating high tolerance for the irritation of differences. Hmm. I actually like that sentence. I mean, try a marriage, try a friendship, <laughs> try a yeah. relationship with kids. The, the tolerance for difference. Oddly enough, in the very first diversity impact high uh, level work we did, age came out as highly sensitive and shaming. Yeah. I was outed that I was 50, I think. I think what that makes me now. Um, <laughs> if it was 1990. But um, we let come up to the surface what was in the room. We didn't go yeah. in with a pattern of, uh, oh gosh, we I have opened up a. Well, can I tease out some really important points that I think you're bringing up? Please do. Your comment, your comment about it's not only about race, uh, is so important because race is a vertical slice of those issues of, of around differences. But I think that was one of our approaches. It could be body size. It could be age. It could be what part of the country you were raised in. It could be what college you went to. It could be coming from retail versus corporate. I mean, we sliced it so many different ways uh, mm -hmm. that that created the opportunity, uh, not so much to appreciate differences, but seeing the importance of differences um, and particularly where we can be better. Uh, and I think that's I, an important aspect. Yeah, I do too. And and uh, interestingly enough, with, on that wall of differences, um, I, and I'm talking about large groups now, like up to yeah. probably up to 200 was the best size, but you could pick any one of those differences and rearrange groupings based on it. So... Um, and then give that group a task to do. So we had all men get together and probably groups of seven, and then all women get to groups in seven and gave them different, gave them the same task. And they came at it so differently. Mm. So mm. differently. And guess who finished first? I'm uh, not going to be surprised. Tell me. Women. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, and then we uh, took people at different levels yeah. in the organization, different positions, and gave them tasks to complete, say, in five to seven minutes. And um, at one point, the very top group was inept. The executive committee, because they hadn't done that kind of problem solving for so long, and at that very top level, Frankly, they're not that collaborative. They're coordinated. Yeah. So um, I just, I get excited because the richness in the room was so terrific. 
with, with everybody get, being able to say, here's where I feel one up, here's where I feel one down, here's where you can use my one upness, here's where you can learn to honor my feelings of being less than. And again, there's a focus on the present. Here's where we are. Here's what yep. I'm experiencing. Not kind of, how did we get here? You and know, here's what's uh, in the room to use yeah. for the business. Now, I, I'll give you an example. I thought worked very well when I was at Food Lion. And it's not uncommon where diversity initiatives will have what they call special interest groups. Right. So you have a small representation, Hispanic. Uh, female, uh, African-American. And what I thought was uh, powerful about our SIG groups uh, is that the, it didn't become a place where you go and lament about how the organization isn't taking care of you. Uh, That bubbles up, that happens. But the focus was on how do we share with the organization our experience and how do we celebrate our differences in what we bring. And you know what? Maybe it's just unique to the grocery business. We focused on food. Uh, Each SIG had a representation each month. And part of that was that we had a lunch for the entire corporate office that they literally hosted around their ethnic foods. And and it was powerful. And so what did, tell me this, what did the white men cook? (laughs) (laughs) that was not nice well i you know i I, you know it's funny because i don't remember but i know we did host uh did you there was a white old white men group (laughs) there you go they they we weren't all old (laughs) so uh so we're at about time um <laughs> Shut up, Joyce. well i think i i think it's an important conversation because oh i do so much too. so much has happened since uh the murder of george floyd and there's so much focus in organizations on diversity and quite frankly i do agree with this opid that there's right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it uh yes sir no i do too <laughs> i do too and, and and look at me i survived <laughs> so there had to be a high tolerance for differences but um yes and there's more to be said about this i get very much excited more. about it so i would like to come back and and um share those things that worked sounds great okay joyce it's time adios You know, I'm really glad that uh, Joyce and I had this conversation, and I'm also glad that you listened in because, you know, when I read that New York Times uh, op-ed about most diversity training not work, you know, that just hasn't been my experience. And my take at the end of the day is when organizations treat diversity like it is a task to be checked off okay do the diversity training expose everyone in the organization forced march uh, to where the company stands in the business case and then they move on to the next learning opportunity that doesn't work it takes a all hands on deck full commitment to take a hard look at what isn't working within your organization to optimize every associate who walks in the door every day. 
and to take the steps, the actions that make a difference, uh, that ultimately make your organization a better place to work. So until next time, be well and be safe.